It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. Well, I'm so excited each and every one of you has tuned in for today's program. If this is your very first time, a huge welcome to you. The Divas That Care is now listened to in over 30 countries around the world, and it's because of all of our amazing listeners and our guests that we're able to do this. Um, a lot of our programs are shared, and, and that's exactly what we're all about, is connecting and being able to do that with one another. Well, today's guest, I'm so excited. Um, we haven't had her on our program for a few years here, and I'm so excited to catch up with her because I know she's been doing a lot of amazing things out there. So, Valerie Green, welcome back to the Divas. We're so happy to have you back. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. And I'd love <laughs> to, to benefit your audience. Well, we love having you on. And if you don't mind, Valerie, could you reintroduce yourself to, you know, our new listeners out there? Of course. So I've been coaching for, gosh, since 2005, so about 16 years now. And my passion is I have several niches. Um, I do specialize in helping women to inspire their man to deeper love, intimacy, and commitment to fulfilling her deepest desires. And I also work with single women to help attract the right man to have the life that she longs and deserves to have. And I also work with couples to help transition uh, from fighting into intimacy. And I know what we plan on talking about today is just how to reignite that passion and intimacy. And so I'm always happy to talk about that. I've been married uh, twice. This is my second marriage. I learned so much from my first one. We're still good friends, me and my ex-husband. We talked on the phone the other day. And my current husband is the most amazing, supportive partner, and we use these tools every single day in our life and to keep us feeling happy through all the stressful times that we're living in. So I look forward to sharing as much as I can with you. Oh, I love that. And what a great topic because, you know, we've all gone through so much in the last little while. Um, sometimes we forget about the ones that are closest to us. Why did you decide to become a relationship you know, coach, mentor, why was it so important for you to do that? Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, I, I keep on refining my answer because I go deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper within myself. And, I mean, my current answer to that question is as loving as my parents were, they were very loving, but they didn't have a lot of emotional support for me. Like, they, they were very empowering. You could do anything you want, but I'm very emotional. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I just, I wear my heart on my sleeve and um, I always felt disconnected from other people because I'd never received empathy growing up. You know, God bless my parents' hearts, mm-hmm. they're wonderful people, but they, they just, you know, no one ever taught them empathy. Um, and so um, my whole life I struggled. I felt disconnected from others from a very young age. I didn't know why I felt disconnected from others, but it's because I needed to be having a deeper emotional connection with people, and I'd never had that modeled for me. And so my relationships in my 20s yeah. were starting out, like, passionate and fun, but then we would argue, and we would always get into this recurring cycle of conflict, or we would just grow apart. And I would just wonder, like, what 
my parents had a happy marriage. You know, like what what skills did I not learn? Like what why? And so I just woke up one day. I was like, I'm committed. Like I'm going to learn the skills I need to have to have healthy relationships. And um, so that's when I started. Um, I did my first coaching training in 2005, and I've, I've done a I've studied with a myriad of other relationship experts since then, including Sue Johnson and John Gottman, who have been the world's renowned, most renowned researchers and therapists in the world. And um, I did so many trainings. You can see them on my website, um, both with relationship skills and also emotional healing, which I also needed. And um, I kept on attracting men in my 20s that I, um, I, I, I felt controlled as a kid. So I kept on um, attracting men that were kind of easygoing, that let me make the rules and the plans, and then I wasn't happy because I wasn't getting my needs met, and then I would demand it. And so I had to reprogram all of that. Um, and so I did tons of inner and outer work, and I started coaching people, and I met my I, and I got married and divorced, and that was the biggest learning experience in my life. And um, like I said, we transitioned our marriage into a friendship, and through that, that was really where. I put these skills to the test because on a daily basis, we would be fighting and I would look at a sheet of feelings and needs on my wall. I would like take a time out and I would study good communication and I would come back and we would have a emotionally intimate conversation instead of a fight and we'd really get down to the deeper levels, which really taught me how to have a conscious, um, heart open conversation, even in the midst of breakups. And really wow. have my my blocks to unconditional love healed. Um, it was such a tumultuous and healing time for me. This was back in 2013. Um, oh my god! Then, um, <laughs> yeah, my um, my uh, my relationship. But I learned the skills then. That's really you know what it took for me to learn the skills. And and I'm still good friends with my ex husband. And then when I met my current husband, um, that's why I consider myself an expert at inspiring men to commit because he wasn't ready for a relationship. And it was through putting all of these skills into practice that I wrote a book for women about how to inspire a man to commitment because he was just like, by the end of the first year together, he looks at me and he's just like, oh my God, you have so blown away my blocks to committing to you. Like a bulldozer over matchsticks, obliterated <laughs> them. I am so committed to you. I want you to be my life partner. I want to create a life with you. Aww. And all I don't know what you did, but all these things worked. <laughs> um, so amazing. I wrote a book about it, about how to inspire a man to commit. And um, I'm publishing it actually on Amazon later, probably in 2022, but it's available on my website now and it's already sold over 500 copies. And, um, you know, most, most people who bought it absolutely love it. And, um, out of the out of the 500 copies, I think I've only had two people request a refund for whatever reason they couldn't afford it. Whatever, it's only 10 bucks, um, and the other 498 whatever people are satisfied. And um, I've been supporting people since then, and in every aspect of how to have a harmonious, happy, passionate relationship. Well, I'm just gonna stop you right there because I'm absolutely blown away that you were able to to do this while in you know, transitioning out of a relationship because I don't know very many women that would be able to do that. And for what you have learned, that's just inspiring in itself because I think back while you were talking, I'm like, oh, you know what, would that have worked through these different relationships that I had in my past? And I think that is just absolutely amazing that you were able to do that and to learn from that and take what you've learned 
and into your new relationship. I just, I'm absolutely blown away, Valerie. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, right? So for whatever reason, my strengths happen to be in relationship skills, and I have challenges in other areas, as everyone else does, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly. And, and one of the things that I really think that is really cool about all this is that you, you've realized that and you are learning from that. Um, how, well, obviously, how, how op- her, I should say, how open are people to learning about this? Because you're right, you know, when we were growing up as kids, you know, like our parents don't necessarily, they weren't very, mine weren't very um, emotional either, and they didn't really show me a lot of things. It took me a lot of years to develop different skills. And do you think that more people are wanting to learn about this? Is it because of society? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased because if you ask me how many people, it's like, well, I mean, my coaching practice is full with a waiting list. So, like, that's all the people I know. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, I mean, I, I do think that what's causing a shift right now where more people are willing to learn these skills is the high divorce rate you know, is recognizing, I mean, it's important to understand, and I think people are starting to come to terms with the fact that marriage for love has really only been alive for, like, what, 100 years, if that? Yeah. Um, Before the 1960s, women were financially dependent on men, and the reason that people got married was for procreation and survival. You know, it w- nobody had the skills to, I mean, not, I'm just not going to say nobody. I mean, obviously some people had happy marriages back then, but it, it, happiness wasn't really a question. It was, we need each other and are, are, we, are we safe and are we thriving and are we healthy, you know, and are our kids healthy? Like, you know, and um, now when women got empowered, you know, they didn't need men anymore. Now we realize, like, we need a, a, a bigger vision, right? Like we Mm -hmm. need a bigger reason to have relationships and we weren't taught the skills. People didn't know them. I mean, you know, World War I and World War II were all about survival, you know, and people were stuck in those survival mindsets, Um, you know, up until the second half of the 20th century. And now we're just like, oh gosh, the divorce rate's 50% and up. And what do we do in order to not have our marriage break up, in order to not have our kids have that trauma, which obviously... um, can be mitigated by a lot of empathy and support, but it's obviously breakups are traumatic for everyone. So we want to avoid that. So I think a lot of people are coming exactly. to terms with the fact that we need to learn these skills. Do you think that the last, you know, 18 months people have really noticed that? Because now we're put into even a different situation that a lot of us, you know, might have been stuck home with our significant others more so than we ever have before. And does that put more pressure on people to try to figure things out too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've had so many clients in the past year who have been, their situations have just been exacerbated by, you know, the pandemic. Like, for example, you know, couples where one values safety more and the other values fun more, they're going to fight about the protocols over the pandemic. Um, or they have different political affiliations and then, you know, they fight about which side is right because there's so much polarization going on right now. Or um, if they're dating and they're quarantining, they move in together prematurely and they haven't really worked all that stuff out. So I've seen, uh, or when we're single and we're socially distanced, then we really realize how important a relationship is. 
and it's hard to meet somebody during the pandemic because, like, you know, the the old avenues that people had to meet each other are not as prevalent and people have to go online and that's not the primary uh, mode that I recommend to meet people, although I do support people in dating yeah. online, but I think social networking is always the best way to meet people and how are you going to do that during a pandemic? So, yeah, it's been, the last year has been, um, I mean, good for my business, but obviously I would rather have people have harmonious lives. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I was going to say, going back, I, I, that's definitely a topic that we would love to discuss with you on our show in the future is how to meet people because I think a lot of people, you're right, in the last 18 months especially, it's like it's, it's all different, you know, how do we do that? But, you know, going forward, you know, what are the requirements to keep things exciting then? You know, we've all, we're obviously going through different things. We're trying to figure out, you know, things with our partners, but how do we keep it going? How do we keep things exciting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's such a good question. Um, and there's, I have several answers, and I don't even know that we have time to go in depth into all of them. I feel like each one could be a whole interview. Because um, when couples <laughs> come to me and they say that the passion is gone, there's all these different lenses through which I look. Um, and they're actually somewhat paradoxical. For example, um, if you're not feeling emotionally connected, then probably the woman and possibly also the man isn't going to be able to feel, to feel turned on, um, you know, because that's just um, oxytocin is the hormone that turns women on, um, the main one, and you need to feel emotionally connected for that. And a lot of men, I mean, my husband included, it's a stereotype that men, you know, like women need a reason and men need a, just need a place, right? <laughs> um, but that's not true, especially as men get older, they want the emotional connection too. And a lot of times it's hard for them to be sexually turned on if they don't feel emotionally connected. But at the same time, paradoxically, um, the research of Esther Perel suggests that if couples are too close, like you're, you're each other's best friends in confidence and you tell each other everything, you know, including like when you went to the bathroom, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but then that also <laughs> kills the intimacy, right? I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm joking there. But if you're too close, what desire needs in order to be ignited is a little bit of distance, right? Because when we're really close to someone, we tend to take them for granted, right? That's like what you were saying. That's just human psychology. Yeah. If, you're, if you're too close to somebody, then, you know, you're just, oh, that's, that's working out fine. I'll put my attention elsewhere. And that's also the death of passion because then you lose the connection, right? So it's like, on one end of the continuum is too much connection. On the other end of the continuum is too little. Where do you meet in the middle, right? That's really what we're looking for is the sweet spot. Um, I recommend, first and foremost, I mean, I have several tips for how to keep the passion alive. Um, and so first and foremost, if we're talking about how to create that emotional connection is really important. Um, so the most important thing for creating that connection is, and I know that it is, like easier said than done and you know you're going to hear this and go duh but you need to make enough time to connect because we're so busy I mean my husband and I included it's like sometimes we go the entire day and we both work from home and we don't have kids you know <laughs> so it's like you know like we can spend the whole day being disconnected because we're like I'm in and out of meeting season and out of meetings and like but we make sure to come together at 10 30 at night you know when we're winding down and going to bed and we share how was your day what was the most important thing about your day? What stood out for you? What, what did you learn? How did you grow? What did you enjoy? How are you struggling that you want support with? You know, just like really 
connecting on that deep emotional level and opening up with each other. And it's so important because I work with so many couples where they don't feel prioritized. And it's not that they don't love each other. It's just that it's human nature to take things for granted that are good, that are just like there. Um, yeah. And so I know that that's... And I can definitely um, see that. Yeah, and I know that that's like cookie cutter advice, right? Probably like anybody that you would interview would have said that, right? <laughs> but, I, but I do want to go deeper um, in terms of what's important to connect about. Um, because John Gottman says, uh, his research shows that the number one reason that couples break up is because they don't have a shared vision for the future. And it's important to understand that, you know, like I said, the reason to marry, you know, 70 years ago was primarily procreation. And um, we, that's not the primary reason anymore. And um, a lot of couples get together because they want to raise kids, but then they don't you know, people grow and change over the years and they grow apart because they don't keep creating a shared vision. And it's important to create a shared vision for what you're going to do after the kids grow up. You know, what are you going to do in that next chapter of your life together? What do you want your years after that to look like? What do you want to contribute to the world together that's more than you can do on your own? How do you want to support each other's purposes? Um, you know, how do you want to really um, support each other's struggle and whatever it is that you're struggling with is not just yours to bear your team and how can you support each other and having those deeper conversations not just how your day was um that's what's really important to keep that passion alive because sexual energy is creative energy and if there's nothing that you two are creating together then the passion will die out in fact i worked with a lot of couples where i mean one in particular was a real 180 where when they first came to me, they were just fighting. and But it was all, it's like what I do when I work with the couples is create the emotional connection first, then look at the content. Because they were fighting about, like, you know, how often they saw each other or who was cleaning or, you know, what couples usually fight about when the real issue underneath was that neither of them felt prioritized. Um, and so when we created that shared vision about what it looked like, and felt like to prioritize each other, I mean, obviously it didn't change overnight. Um, what happens when things change is you don't really trust each other and you still kind of point out when it's not happening, uh, right? But after a few weeks of really dialing in what they both needed, I mean, she was even, like, attracted to another man and, like, he was on his, you know, he was just, like, angry at her all the time. It totally shifted where they start, I mean, they worked through it. Like, I taught them how to give each other emotional support that they both felt validated for how hard it had been. But then when they really learned how to give each other that emotional support, then they really came together and prioritized each other and they went on trips together and they, you know, started doing new activities together and they fell back in love again. You know, it, sometimes it is that That's simple. amazing. Not always, but, I mean, that's the lowest thing. I love it. Is, you know, I think um, New Year's is a good time to do that or... I'm not Jewish, but I know it was just the, new, the Jewish New Year, you know, or you could just make up a New Year anytime. Well, I think that's absolutely fantastic, you know, because I, I do know that there's there's a lot of people out there that are going through that and they're trying to figure out, like, should I just walk away? Can I? What can I do? And when was a good time to have these conversations with your partner? And, yeah, it really depends on what point you're at. Like, if you're fighting and you can't have a conversation because you're fighting or you're totally shut down, 
Then I would recommend, um, there's a, a book by Susan Johnson. I mean, if you're not going to work with me, of course, then I can help you if you can. Um, but my coaching practice at the moment is full. That doesn't mean that it will continue to be. Um, but there's an amazing book that Susan Johnson wrote called Hold Me Tight, and it walks you through how to have those conversations to transform the recurring conflict into deeper emotional intimacy. But if you're not fighting and you're just distant, then I recommend approaching each other in a soft way. That's what Gottman's research shows. The soft startup is extremely important for how the rest of the conversation is going to go. So make sure that you're doing your inner work and you trust that the other person does care, even if they're not showing it right now. And you approach them and you say, hey, I would like to feel more connected to you and I'd like to talk about how we could do that. When's a good time? And I don't like suggest sitting down with the shared vision for the future right away. What I recommend doing is just creating ways to connect more, like at the end of your day, sharing how your day went or having a date night once a week is really important, especially if you have kids, being able to either hire a babysitter mm -hmm. or even do, you know, babysitting shares with a neighbor. And even during COVID, you could figure out which neighbors are having the same protocol and have little pods. And, you know, it's important to have a weekly date night where you talk about just how yeah. you're both doing, what you need support with. Um, rituals of connection are extremely important, like how you um, greet each other in the morning and how you um, say goodnight uh, at night, even if you don't go to bed at the same time and, um, you know, how you how often you spend time, just the two of you. I recommend at least once a week um, and to go on a vacation without the kids at least once a year to really have that deeper connection um, and to have those deeper conversations. There's tons of books out there. Um, just look on Amazon about how couples can have deeper conversations. I mean, I've seen like at least 20. So just, you know, like read those and use them on your date night or on your vacation. Um, and yep. like, you know, learning how to speak your partner's love language is really important and you can Google that as well. Um, so, so that's the piece about staying connected. Um, and then there's also um, love being res being responsive. Um, John Gottman's research shows that, um, I mean, he has a whole book called The Science of Trust. And it's all about that our nervous systems only trust the other person if they're turning towards us. Um, he, he came up with this concept called bidding, where if you make a bid for attention, um, I mean, we can probably do a whole other interview about this, and your partner ignores you, or turns against you, then that is um, depleting the emotional connection and to learn how to yep. turn towards each other's bids is really important. So um, I would go into that in more depth if we had more time. But I also want to get to the second part of this question, which is if you're already feeling connected, but there's no passion, then there's other places we can look, right? Because I don't want to just make the statement that like, oh well, yeah, you just need to feel more connected. And that's, that's not it. That's um, how Esther Perel got famous with her book called Mating in Captivity um, that showed that if you're too close, then that is also not going to create desire. Um, so that's another place that I look like, do you have your own life? Do you have your own hobbies? I'm not talking about hiding things from <laughs> the other person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you don't want to share everything that they're not interested in. 
um, you want to pay attention to what really lights them up and obviously what lights you up to share too. It's not just about them, but you want to find that harmonious intersection between how much to do together versus how much to have your own life so that then you feel filled up. You don't put all your needs on him, um, you know, and he, you also have a little bit of mystery, so he keeps wanting to win you over. So there's a whole art to that. Um, but then there's another lens that I look through, which is masculine and feminine energy, which is so important because a lot of times the passion dies because a woman is too in her masculine energy around her partner. And I was certainly guilty of that in my 20s and early 30s. I mean, in fact, my ex-husband and I broke up mostly because uh, he didn't, you know, I needed a man that had more masculine energy and God bless him. He's a sweetheart. I, I still um, have, you know, friendship love for my first husband, but he's just, he's an artist and he's very creative. He's very feminine. Um, and, you know, he's not a, fem he's not a feminine, you know, he's a masculine guy, but not, like, I need a man who's really like an alpha man, you know, um, who wants to mm -hmm. take charge and, and you know, take care. Like, he, he wants to initiate. He's chivalrous. He wants to open doors for me. He, want, he wants to take the initiative. He wants to lead. You know, he wants to collaborate, but, of course, take the lead on making the decisions, especially around, you know, masculine-oriented topics like business and finance. Obviously, I want to participate in those conversations, but I want a man who's strong enough to be like, all right, this is the direction I think we should go. How do you feel about that? You know, and like he's a take charge kind of person. And so it's important to know what it is that you need. However, if you want to be with a man like that, then it's important that you're in your feminine energy because otherwise you're going to butt heads and fight about it because yeah. he'll want to lead and you'll want to lead. <laughs> and I think I kind of talked about this in our last interview. <laughs> Right, totally. You'll just be butting heads. Um, and so that is what my free gift is about. Um, it's not specifically about feminine energy, but it's how to communicate from a feminine energy place. And so I'll just go a little bit into, like, what is masculine feminine energy for those listeners that don't know? Um, so you can think of it like masculine energy, and everybody has masculine and feminine energy inside of them. It's not done gender or sexual orientation. It's kind of like a yin-yang. You know how there's a little bit of white and the black and there's a little bit of black and the white. Um, all of us have um, a, a predisposition, let's say. And it could be a predisposition to be both. I mean, gender fluidity is legitimate in my opinion. I think that you know, it's nature, nurture, who cares, right? Everyone needs to express themselves authentically um, and be accepted for that. Um, but everybody has something that really resonates with them at their core. Like at the core, I'm a feminine energy person and that's what makes me happy. And so what that means is masculine energy is goal-oriented. It's accomplishing a task. It's setting a goal and accomplishing it. It's choosing a direction. It's analyzing and problem solving and providing, right? And feminine energy is the right brain, right? It's like intuition and creativity and feeling our feelings and enjoying the moment and not having a goal other than to connect and being heart opened and receiving and, um, and, and that, that spiritual practice of surrendering to what is and to being open to receiving our needs in whatever way is harmonious, like really 
keeping our heart open and our body open to receive what's right for us. And of course, having strong boundaries to say no to what's not right for us. Um, but when we're in our energy, that means that we're not going to tell him what to do. We're not going to try to control him. It's really hard. I mean, trust me, I, uh, I make the mistake of telling my husband what to do from time to time. And, you know, I mean, we have a very harmonious dynamic, so he understands that I'm not trying to control him. But sometimes um, he can feel if I'm upset or whatever and I'm telling him what to do, he immediately gets defensive and starts, you know, like standing up for himself and I can do whatever I want, right? So it's like it's important. Um, and this is what my free gift is about, how to express your desires um, where you're talking about what it is that you want to be experiencing and how that would make you feel, but you're not telling him what to do. And you're empowering him to solve the problem so that he feels masculine and he feels like he can make you happy. And then you're appreciating what he does to make you happy. And then you both feel that polarity. Um, like, I don't want things to go back to the way they were 100 years ago where men and women needed each other because that was too much polarity. I mean, obviously, we need each other, but we don't, you know, for survival, you know, because the man was, like, totally in his masculine energy and the woman was totally in her feminine energy. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating here. Um, but what we've done is we've sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater and, you know, like, men and women are equal, and, of course, we are. Um, but even same-sex couples, uh, the research shows that, one part, it works best if one partner is more masculine and one partner is more feminine. That's what it does to create that polarity. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean, like I said, men and women and, and any, all genders have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. Um, so it's not about sexual orientation or gender. Um, but that's what my free um, gift is about. It's, a, it's an ebook on how to communicate from your feminine energy so you can express your feelings in a way that inspires him to want to make you happy rather than pushes him away. Oh, thank you so much for that. I, for all of our listeners, I'm going to be posting Valerie's offer here for her free ebook on our social media. So make sure that you get that. Um, oh, Valerie, I've had so much fun today. Thank you so much for being my guest. And I hope that you come back on soon to chat more with us about so many other topics. Oh, yes, um, you know, because like I said, I have, I support people in every aspect of relationships, so I'm happy to talk about any topic. Oh, that would be fantastic, because there's definitely a lot that our listeners would be very interested in. So thank you again for coming on, and as I said, it'll be great um, to have you back on pretty soon here, hopefully again next month. So um, I want to do a big shout-out to all of our listeners. As I said earlier, it's because of all of you. Our show is now in its 11th season. Um, I want to, you know, thank you for, you know, being a big supporter of the Divas That Care. And you can check out all of our other hosts at divasthatcare.com. I want to also state that I'm going to be posting all of Valerie's information, not just her ebook, but her website. She's, Valerie's got her own podcast out there, and I want you to go check it out because there's so many great topics that she's talking about there. And uh, we are a big supporter of Valerie, so we want you to definitely um, support her too. So thank you again, Valerie. Thank you to all of our amazing I hope. Thank you. <laughs> well, I hope that everybody does something kind. And until next time, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, 
And of course, on divasthatcare.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.